0: how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner.
1: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV
0: brand. Hockey, yeah, yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome to Judd's Hockey Show. Uh, Zolgad, Declan. Lindsay's where in Las Vegas in
1: Vegas, uh, ripping it up somewhere. Although she abandoned to her hotel room to watch Game of Thrones last night. I don't so understand, I, I, I don't understand, understand that. Game of Thrones. I, yeah, I know. The are, are you a Game of Thrones guy? I
0: am. Everyone's done. a Game of Thrones person. Yeah,
1: it's it, it's not for everyone. I get it. As long as I've just never watched it. Right. As, as long as you're not one of the people that, like, brags about not watching it, because I, I think there is a time and place for even those people that are just the worst kinds.
0: So hold on a second. She's in Vegas. Yep. The Golden Knights were home last night in, in their uh, first home playoff game yep. against the Sharks, and she bailed to her hotel room to go watch the game at the Reds and not try to go to the hockey
1: game? pretty sure she made it to the game, and if not at the game— I saw on her social media that she was at the tailgate outside. Oh, so she did make it. So I don't know if she got in the arena, but she definitely experienced the Vegas playoff atmosphere, which is probably probably pretty cool. All
0: right. Let's uh, start not with our – local team here because the wild obviously is done and they're a disappointment. They did have their end of the season press conference with uh, Paul Fenton, Bruce Boudreau and players last week. But actually let's start with the first round of the national hockey league playoffs ongoing right now. We're recording this on Monday afternoon. And as we are, we'll start with the biggest surprise so far, which is very easy to pick Columbus blue jackets lead Tampa Bay, which is coming off a historically good season. Not by one game, not by two games, but by three games, Uh, Columbus is one game away from a sweep. Let me tell you why I think this feels different to me than Columbus being up 2-0 on Washington last year when the Capitals came back. That series felt like the goaltending change by Washington from Grubauer, who was with Washington at the time, to Braden Holpe really changed the dynamic of the whole series, and Washington got their act together and obviously came back to win the Cup. This feels like Tampa Bay is all out of sorts, and I will give torts this. John Tortorella has done a fantastic job coaching. Do you know what this feels like coaching-wise to me? This feels like Jacques Lemaire against Tony Granato in 2003. Right. When, from a coaching standpoint, I said Jacques Lemaire knows how to coach playoffs. Now, he can make it boring, he can slow it down, but he's good. Right. Watching torts, basically, I don't want to call it a trap as much, but there's definitely a a philosophy of how to slow Tampa. Declan has worked really, really well.
1: Well, Stamkos is pointless. He has zero points, I believe, and and a huge negative on the ice. Palat is not playing well. They're without Kucherov for Game 3. That hurt them. This goes to show, I think, uh, especially in hockey, that when you get a motivated group of individuals like Columbus is right now, and I, and you can question their organizational tactics, what they did at the deadline, selling off, and, and that's fair. I, I completely understand those criticisms. But they had a lot to play for. And when you have a guy like John Tortorella who can fire up that group and buy in, and, and there's a lot of Madonnas in those rooms. It's hard to get those rental players to get into a system that's comfortable for them and Tampa they blew that 3 nothing lead in game 1. Yep. Ever since then it, it's seriously like they have forgotten how to play hockey. Yeah. It, it reminds me almost it's it's not like the Blues and Wild series cuz Tampa Tampa's had chan- uh, the Wild had chances in those series they just didn't get any high grade goals, you know. Right. Where where Tampa they are perplexed and they don't know what to do and it's it's fascinating to watch and that's not a fluke if it's three games like this. That's a pretty decent sample size.
0: And Brabovsky early on in Game 1 was right. absolutely awful. That first period, and it looked like that series was going to be four and done for Tampa Bay. Yeah. And since then, to your point, he's been brilliant. Kucherov got suspended for Game 3 with what was a stupid hit. Yeah, he got heck. frustrated, and it was just a dumb hit. Um, but that one has been – so here's the one thing, too, and I tweeted this on Sunday night. I think the non-hockey fans – among us who yes. who claim to know the sport, and I will not name any names. <laughs> um, I think they're going to give us well, there you go again. Fluky hockey. Hockey's fluky, it's random, you never know. If you've watched this Tampa Columbus series, you do know. Yep. Like this is not a fluke. This is not a this is not a man, a goal went off his ass and a goal went off his breezer, and now you got all these this is a systematic, and I think it starts with coaching. This is a systematic takedown of a team that that won, and this is this is always a problem with having a great season and then getting to the playoffs. You don't face adversity because Tampa Bay really didn't. And second of all, you know what happens here, Declan? Torch sits back and he says, okay, I'm going to play you for seven games. Mm-hmm. I've got all day to deduct your system and to beat that. Where if, if it's Tampa Bay and they're playing Monday night in Minnesota and Wednesday night in Chicago and Saturday night against Pittsburgh, you know, those teams are not going to sit there and self scout that or scout that thing to the point of being, okay, we gotta shut them down on Saturday because we saw this on Monday. Playoffs, that's what you do. Exactly. So so this is not to me, this series is absolutely not a fluke. And if you've watched it, it's surprising, but you can see what the Blue Jackets have done.
1: Yeah, the Blue Jackets have just shut them down. I mean, since yeah, so Tampa went up three nothing in that first game, and since then, just two goals over what eight period, eight and a half periods or so, and that's look if you you can pick apart hockey where random things happen and games happen. But then how come in the NBA, when Toronto drops game one to, you know, Brooklyn, it's right. oh nah, that that don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. but in hockey, when a team when the eighth seed sweeps a one, which is unprecedented for a president's trophy to get swept, I don't think that's ever happened. I think this could be the first, first time sweep, uh, yeah, a president's right. trophy could be swept in the first round. But the NHL playoffs can provide this entertainment where you can have upsets happen very frequently mm-hmm. and i think that's entertaining and i don't think that's that's not bad luck or or luck when it's a four game 12 period sample size that's it, you know if you want to talk about flukiness you talk about an nfl playoff one and done game you talk about a college basketball virginia losing to a 16 seed that's a fluke
0: and a game 7 can be fluky yeah, in for hockey sure. but this is a takedown
1: yeah this is this is a systematic takedown of Tampa Bay, who basically lapped everyone in the NHL, and this group of players who have everyone's been waiting for them to get to the cup, right? They've been there, they've they've been so close, and they haven't gotten. And everyone finally thought this is the chance. And now John, and, and this is I, like you said, I think Tortorella deserves so much flipping credit for what he's been able to do because he he has shut down essentially two of the best offense he has shut down the best offensive team in the NHL yep. and 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 Columbus is just basically picking them apart by paper cuts and it's awesome to see
0: now we are uh, two or, or three games into most series so this is yeah. as the kids like to say a small sample size mm-hmm. but what's your theory on to your point from before what's going on with superstars here Stamkos non-existent mm-hmm. Crosby and Pittsburghs down 3-0 to yeah, the, the Islanders. Islanders in their series Crosby I don't think he's done much. Um, Austin Matthews, we're through two games, and it's 1-1 of Boston-Toronto, but he's been quiet so far. So we do have – and, again, this might go to coaching focuses, line matchups, and the fact that you have nothing but time to plan – you do have some very prominent players who have not done a thing so far,
1: and that that's always been a theme in hockey, where superstars can get shut down by a good checking line or a third line. I mean, look how Jake Gensel two years ago comes out of complete left field and sets a playoff record for points. Like no, yeah, he's playing with some very talented players around him, but no one saw a rookie setting a playoff record like that. And I, I think it, yeah, I think it's very systematic coaching and good good players that can match up with them. I mean, that's that's kind of how the Wild five years ago, took down the Avalanche in their seven-game series when Niederreiter scored in Game 7. It was, how do you slow them down with our yep. checking line? And at that time, things were pretty good for the Wild, uh, and 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 Mike Yo, which is just hilarious looking back on saying these words out loud, was able to shut down a very powerful top line and fast team in Patrick Colorado. Patrick team, too. And a Patrick Wah coach team. So I, I think it's having the right players and the right system. You don't have to – That's the, I think that's the fun part about hockey is you don't have to just have your superstars – Top line, top line, go head to head. It's not how it's going to work, and and that's why you know Miko Koivu for a long time has made a living of not being a top line center, but a guy that can play three parts of the ice and and can shut you down.
0: Do you think I'm justified in having tweeted this once, if not twice? Right now, I am delighted the Wild is not in in the playoffs, not for um, draft pick positioning, yeah. but because they don't belong. Like, I watch, uh. I'm, wa- these playoffs, by the way, have been for the most part fantastic, Declan. It's so much fun. It's so fast. It's bigger teams now. I mean, the skill that you see from teams uh, is incredible. But if it came down to, if you came up to me and said, okay, Judd, it can be the Avs or Wild as your eighth seed or your last playoff team or something like that. I'm going to take the abs. The yeah, abs no. are the abs flame series is so much fun. And it's so fast. And and granted, the abs aren't super deep, but they're but McKinnon and that top line, those top guys are so skilled. Oh, yeah. I just think it's uh, it's as a fan of the sport, e- even though I don't get to go watch the games live. I just think it's not even close. I don't want Minnesota, as constructed right now, anywhere near the playoffs. Yeah. These teams that are there are, for the most part, fantastic.
1: And that wild team towards the end—I mean, they were just breaking down. There, there, there was no one on that team, uh, especially towards those last few weeks of the season when Prise's was playing through a broken foot, and you still are without Dumba uh, and Koivu. and him, and, that, and yeah, he doesn't. No, bad. no, he doesn't. He's not going to tell us who our core is. He doesn't even need to tell us. And I would much rather see a fun. Fast paced Colorado team, even if they are top heavy, go up against the Flames. Who I, I thought this, I think the Flames will still take this series, but it will be much more entertaining. Um, and and the Wild would have no, they wouldn't have provided any kind of spark or an enjoyment if they had Dumba and if Prise was one hundred percent and if they're still not fast and if Fiala and bro. Donato were really yeah, that's my. Part. I want there's a top. So, you know what? There's I so want so many ifs. Do you know what I want
0: from a playoff team? I want you to have a top line center. Yeah, and I want to be able to name that guy Nathan right. McKinnon. Now he, I feel like there are times he takes a powder. Yep, there are times where he does stuff, and I'm like, "What, well, dude? What are you doing?" But that overtime goal he scored on Saturday was a thing of beauty, and the precision of that play, which I think went defenseman forward, McKinnon comes in and beats Mike Smith, was gorgeous. Right, and I challenged the Wild to score that, that goal because your best hope is Zucker gets that puck. And he either hits the post or shoots wide. Yeah. No, I'm serious.
1: Yeah, and and, and or whoever. Mason McKinnon sniped right. that.
0: That was a thing. Of, this is what yes. I want from a playoff.
1: Yep. Thing. You want to see it. You want to see players. I've always said I'm okay with someone having the guts and, and, and the fortitude to go from left to right down the rink, knowing he could turn the puck over, but knowing He's going to go harder than that, and and he's going to do that every time. The Wild Wild are going to tick-tack, 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 and and, and they don't have the speed. The skills aren't there. It's amazing watching how—and the Wild are the oldest team in the league, and they're definitely the slowest team in the league, and that's where— Fenton, I still think, is making so many tweaks coming this summer. I think Paul Fenton made it very clear last week that now they're like
0: the fifth oldest. They they were the oldest, but he said he got them younger. God. Okay, here's another guy. (laughs) Here's another guy that I watch and I say, you're not even close yet. I watch the Blues. Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Takes every face off. Yep. He is a monster. He is a monster of a human being. He takes every face off. He's unbelievably um, skilled in penalty kill. And I'm not sure he's the fastest guy, but the things he brings, the intangibles oh, yeah. and and his ability to win faceoff and, and, and to log minutes and er, is fantastic. And then I'm like, well, who's the Wilds' answer? Yeah. Miko? Meek. <laughs> he's
1: yeah, like the third line. Probably. He's like a third Seriously
0: line. In, in Ryan O'Reilly's yeah. world, Miko would be the third center. Yeah. And so again, I look at that, and I look at what the Blues do, and I know that around Christmas they were the worst team in the league. Yes. So there were problems there, um, but it's not—you know—it's not even close. No. He's a, Ryan O'Reilly is a monster.
1: Yes, I, I was hoping because I know he was trade bait last summer before he went from the Sabers to the Blues, and I, I thought that would be just a perfect scheme fit for right. for this team—a uh, center that is basically a, a younger, faster Miko Koibu that can play three facets of the game. And and he, I mean, he was in that Av series in 2014, and he was like their third line center. I mean, you go back even back then, he was their third line center on that D. Patrick Watt team. He is exactly the kind of center and player the Wild need. It's a big reason why I want. I'm okay with spending the money to get Anders Lee if it doesn't absolutely kill you. Um, you gotta find number one centers, and the Wild too. This is a forward heavy draft, and they they could wind up finding their guy. It's it's a it's a very good draft, top heavy. But I would not be surprised, and it doesn't happen much in the NHL if Fenton moves up in the draft. You don't you see draft day trades, you don't see teams move up in the draft like you do in the NFL or the NBA. So I wouldn't be shocked if Fenton sees a guy at 6'7", and he knows that he's not gonna be there by twelve when the Wild are picking, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked at all if Zucker or a Spurgeon or a Brodeen or someone is offered to move oh, up in the draft right. to get him. And I and I and like I said, hockey those don't happen much in the NHL. They really don't. But Fenton has just made it clear that he is not afraid to to let someone go and, and, and to trade a core, a core player, even though he doesn't like telling us who the core is, to move up for the better part of the future. And I, I wouldn't be shocked, whether that's the right move or not. I know everyone has a lot of feelings on not trading Jared Spurgeon. I hear you, but you're going to have to sacrifice somewhere.
0: I think Zucker and Brodin are probably gone.
1: Yeah. I, I, th- I, from, I think they're probably good. from what it sounds like to Spurt, I think they're they're working. They they're they're moving the chains to get Spurgeon a new contract. So those those talks are in place. And with Brodeen and Zucker, yeah, I just I think they're expendable. And I know the defense is their best part of the Wild, but you have you have a surplus there. And I think also Nick, poor Nick Sealer. I mean, I know we have even the, uh, the ghost of Lindsay. I think is possessing me right now. But B- Potato comes in and just takes his spot, and the poor guy gets scratched for two thirds of the rest of the way. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. If he's a kind of a guy that is, eventually, Bruce said, "You know what? We tried that. your potato boy, there, Paul. It didn't work. I'm putting Sealer out there for 13 minutes a night.
0: Potato can't come back. Can
1: no. And I, good lord, or I hope Aber. he doesn't.
0: No, no, I mean, no, those, no. Both those, those, Fenton guys those, were those awful. tweaks, those Fenton tweaks, they were terrible. Yes. Favorite series so far, Playoff series Ooh, so far.
1: This. Um, I, this I, is a tough one. Yeah, this, it is tough. Are,
0: this has been incredible.
1: Right, I mean, j- just from the watching standpoint, this Columbus and Tampa one's just been so fascinating because Tampa's right. been collapsing. But it's not but, the best but series. But it's not the best series. It's,
0: it's, it's interesting to watch, but it's not. Right. The best. There are some high-powered up-and-down series. Yeah.
1: You know, I really thought Vegas was going to make quick work of the Sharks. And I watched games one and two, and, oh, man, you Pavelski taking that puck off the chin, and, and who's always been a, a guy that goes in front of the net and isn't afraid to do that. Score goal. That Sharks— and and night series has been far entertaining, more entertaining than I thought it would. I thought the Sharks were dead. I really did. I thought this was, yeah, you've you've made this string of playoff runs. You had your Cup run a few years ago, but it might be time to hit the reset button and, and 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 slowly build things back up. I have loved what I've seen from that series. That one's been pretty entertaining. But the most of the West has has kind of bored me. I mean, I know you're a big fan of the Flames the and Flames
0: series, yeah. Fantastic. And I
1: maybe you know what? Maybe I got Dallas dive Nashville to is
0: is more deliberate, yeah. And worth. I think Dallas has a game plan there. Uh, to your Sharks point, this comes back to Martin Jones and goal. Yeah. Martin Jones is a definite suspect. And and conversely, in the Calgary series, we, we talked about Mike Smith. Mike right. Smith in game one was absolutely brilliant. And, you know, a month ago they're booing him in Calgary, and now they're chanting, Smitty, Smitty. And uh, goaltending Grubauer and Smith in that series have been fantastic. Martin Jones – for the Sharks. And that's a, that's a weird one because the Sharks are not at a point where goaltending should be costing him. Like right. they needed to address that. And, and they didn't um, Vegas is fun to watch. Oh,
1: there's so much fun.
0: Yeah. I would so say the deep. only, the only Western conference series, and, and I did not watch game two because I was at soccer on Saturday of uh, Dallas, Nashville. I watched a good portion of game one. That was, it was okay. It's not terrible, but it's not great. St. Louis and the jets has been a lot of fun. I think Calgary and Colorado, and the thing that I love about the Golden Knights and Sharks is they hate each other's guts.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah they, a that's an there.
0: old school. Yep. We hate you. Yes. Uh, what Evander Kane for the Sharks. Oh, Reeves for uh, Vegas. Yes, there is. There he is. True
1: hatred. Yeah, there. and Reeves finds himself on a playoff roster every year. It seems he's he's, he's somewhere, and he's he, and he's a guy too that you would love to have as your fourth line or, or third oh, line uh, wing.
0: Well, he can play a little bit, and he can. He, but can. he is a
1: nasty, yes, nasty player. He's he's a and f-
0: Kane has been, and that's the other thing I love. And this is coaching to me, and it's really really good, and it's really effective. And it doesn't have to be through fights. I love in playoff series where coaches are smart enough to sick players on certain guys. Malkin mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh is all messed up mentally right now yep. because the Islanders don't let up, right? Evander Kane, Reeves goes out there every shift and messes with him. <laughs> no, but it's great yes, to watch. It is. And I'm going through um, Colorado. Colorado is doing exactly what I said they should do, which is you make John, little Johnny Goudreau's life Hell, mm-hmm. because you know, on a January night, I don't give a crap if you score. Call. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Goudreau, in fact, I I heard um, on the game on Saturday they they were talking about this two years ago. Koivu at the X broke Goudreau's hand, I believe. Yep. With a slash. Yes. Since then, Johnny's been like freaked out about that. Oh, really? And so, if you watch the Abs, they're constantly like chopping at him, oh. and, and they're not doing it enough to get a penalty, but they're doing. But that, to me, is so smart. Um, which, of course, brings us back to. Why do hockey players have to be stupid Nazem Kadri man that hit did, did you see, see that the, against Boston no in, not that in one Leafs game? I, I, I saw I mean I, he's gonna be suspended he should get 20 games he'd probably get I would guess five to eight games right. but um it was in the in the Bruins Leafs game yep on Saturday uh I think it was debrusque took a Liberty with a Leafs player and it was not Yes, the to, knee, the knee the, the Lee, knee yes it was yes. it was not good but it was not and Cadre, instead of, like, fighting, which, you know, okay, if you got to fight, fight. Right. Takes his stick and cross-checks, and I'm pretty sure could cost DeBrusque right in the head, giving mm. us exactly what he gave us last year when yeah. he got suspended. This guy's an idiot. Right. Guys like him and Tom Wilson never learn, and they never change, and it drives me crazy. Give him 20 games.
1: Yeah. Give him the rest of the playoffs. Just say you're out. I agree. No, I I, I, I can't stand Tom Wilson. I have a really good friend who loves his capitals, and, and he loved what, what Tom Wilson brings, but I really just can't stand his rotten guts. And, you know, Look, Kucherov. Kucherov gets frustrated. That's not who Kucherov is, right? You could tell that was pure emotion. He didn't mean to do it, and he and he has no history that suggests that he's really a dirty player. Yep. And when you see something like that, like a knee on knee, which kneeing in the NHL, like that is a deliberate intent. Sometimes, you know, when you finish a check, yep. your arms go up. Sometimes, when you're fighting against the boards, you, you throw a cross check cross check in the back. Kind of happens incidentally. When you're going for someone's knee, that is. Malicious intent to injure that player, um, and I mean, yeah. sim- similar fashion of how Miko got hurt, I believe too. Right? I mean, he took a bad knee. I believe he took a bad knee-on-knee collision as well. That, that Giordano
0: is, did it. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. But but this is but but the Cadre thing was a high stick to the head, which obviously yep. the league has problems with concussions. They know that they don't want to admit it, but yeah. you can't be guys like Wilson and, and Cadre are so stupid that mm-hmm. they never learn. Like they always. They always cross that line. And, and uh, Collar brought this up on the show on Friday. Up until that point, there had been none of this crap. Yeah, that's true. But I told Collar, I said, just wait. Cadre's right. going to do something stupid. Because in game one of the Boston Leafs series, it didn't get much attention. But sure enough, he jumped up and hit a guy. You know, he left his feet against right. the glass. So he basically jammed a guy's head in. And I said, this he he's never going to learn. No. He's selfish. He's impulsive. And he's stupid. And it drives me crazy because... You know, we always get these stories about Nazim Kadres learned his lesson or Tom Wilson. How many times can we see that? Right. And that's why I'm all for if I'm the league, I just give them 25 games. Yeah, I just would say I would say you are you play a game to hurt people you're trying to essentially end careers so we're going to basically do our best to ruin your career yep you're not gonna play yeah sue us I don't give a damn
1: and you can you can eventually change your ways right I mean look at look at how Matt Cook was perceived for so many years and there's a lot of critics of Matt Cook's game even afterwards that he just wasn't a very good hockey player and you know what that's that's a fair assessment I can completely get down with that but he eventually kind of realized I I need to clean this up I can't be this terrible he
0: still did the, 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 what well, what was it Tyson Berry hit in the playoff yes. game? Here
1: he got suspended yep. for. He could not help himself, right? And and sometimes there's something about this postseason or a postseason play where players just they, they get upset and emotions take the best of them. Kucherov did the same thing. A guy who's never really had a history of yeah, being was a butthole that was dumb. just just does something dumb, um, and 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 that's. I get it that that's super frustrating to watch, and you see the league. You know, they I forget who the, the player they just made um, with the domestic dispute that they suspended them all of ne- all, all this next coming season. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to compare domestic dispute with with bad play, but the league has an opportunity here, in my opinion, to make an example of we can clean this up, and we can we're going to suspend you whether it's 20 games or 40 games. I wouldn't be surprised. I think that is how the league should address this. But they is, never do it. But they never do it. And I don't know. And what is it going to take? An injury, maybe to Sydney or to to someone. To someone very prominent, maybe. Maybe that's unfortunately the scapegoat that, that breaks their back. But, but like you said, the NHL and, and the NFL, they, they just don't, they don't seem to get but it. Cadre's a
0: repeat offender. He's a yeah. perfect—he and Tommy Wilson are perfect guys to make examples of and basically issue a statement and say, you're trying to ruin people's careers, therefore we are going to ruin your career. So yeah. see you later. Bye. You're not playing. Too bad. You're out. You're yep. out for 25 games. We don't care. Who, who What was that like five years back or a ways back? Ralphie Torres, is that right? They Sounds finally gave him like 40 games. Yeah. So just do that.
1: That's what I would like. I, just I, say,
0: listen, dude, if you can't play, if you've got to do this crap in the playoffs – It's And plus, the league has to also say we have more eyeballs on us this time of year, and rightfully so. You should than ever, so we're going to make an example of you. This is not hard. No. This is not difficult, and this is not—Kucherov, that was a dumb thing. And you know what my guess is? He won't do it again. Yeah. So I'm not implying that every stupid hit deserves that that type of penalty. Joe Thornton is probably going to get a game for the hit that he put on uh, last night against the Knights, despite the fact that he said that he roughhouses with his kids more than he—or he said, my kid hits me— Harder than that, or some yeah. BS. Anyway, I get it with guys like that. I'm not implying that you should throw the book at them, but there's certain guys. It just makes perfect
1: sense. I know. I agree. I agree. It's it's too bad that we have these hits, and and yeah, it ruins it ruins people's careers. It ruins teams' playoff chances. It it it's uh, it, it's a sad sight. Sad sight to see.
0: All right. Besides that, any other series that you want to you touch know, on before I, we move on to some wild discussion? Wrap I things up here.
1: I really uh, was was hoping that Carolina would steal one in Washington, and now uh, I, I think they'll they'll get some back. Game close in game one. They did, and they got to OT in S- game two. So they, it's I think it's imperative that they get both these games back because I really thought they're going to steal one in Washington. Oh,
0: you know what? It's time for what's that? It's time for you to look up how the four, the trio of wild players are doing in the playoffs. Let's start with Mikhail Granlund whose name, when I've watched, at least in Game 1, I don't think I heard once. Shocking. Mikhail Grandland, now of Nashville, playing against Dallas. Everybody agrees. Unbelievable playmaking. Yeah. Uh, just a great player. How could the Wild trade him? I'm wondering what he's doing in the playoffs. Can you find that
1: for Yes, in two games, no points, two penalty minutes, three shots on net. Uh, ice time 16 minutes he has won six of nine of faceoffs, which is unlikely really?
0: he's take, okay so he's
1: taken some faceoffs okay. and he's winning them which is something uh he was moved off of when he got rid of center uh so basically non-existent but maybe non-existent in the good way but not what national well, you'd like to some get. points from him yes because he not, supposedly can score your points not uh, what you wanted to see
0: nino niederreiter of carolina who of course went to the Bunch of jerks. He went to the jerk store and was prolific for them. While uh, Victor Rask was a complete bust here in two games against the Washington Capitals. How's Nino doing?
1: Uh, you know, not not great. He's been playing a ton. Nineteen minutes of ice uh, ice time. Two in the two games. You should have at least a goal. No points. Oh, negative three. Um, four shots on net in those two games. All right. So not not fantastic for our our boy there either. I saved the you best know. for last because I know yeah, he scored know.
0: a goal on Saturday night. And he did have the puck on his stick in if I am correct about this in the slot in game one and of course uh he either shot wide or the shot got blocked. I'm of course talking about Charlie Coyle.
1: Charlie in uh two games, he does have that one goal that you are talking about. He's a plus one. Uh six shots on net in those two games. He's shooting the puck, what do you know? Uh, and 15 minutes of ice time. He,
0: six shots on net. He's
1: also been taking some face-offs uh, kind process. of a lot. of a think lot. He's
0: playing third-line center. For yeah,
1: he's, but he's lost. Uh, he's only won six of 16 face-offs, so he's not doing too, hey, too good there in the circle. He's shooting the puck. That's good.
0: All right, last thing. Uh, your reaction to what I guess was a very weird <laughs> vote of confidence from Paul Fenton in the wrap-up press conference last uh, Tuesday. We recorded on Monday, of course. Um, Paul Fenton asked about Bruce Boudreau, who was sitting right to his right at the press conference table, um, asked about if Bruce was going to be brought back for the last year of his coaching contract, said absolutely, said something along the lines of he's my coach for this coming season. Yeah. Uh it, that was not exactly a resounding no. he's my guy for a a long time. And and I get the sense that Bruce gets where this is going.
1: Yeah. It's I'm not happy about it. it yeah, Fenton Fenton pulls no punches, man. He's he is an old school dude and he does not give a crap who the reporters are. He doesn't care what, what he wants to do his own thing. I think I think there is a he as you, the puppet master. He wants to push all the buttons yep. if he could. If he could coach, Agreed. he would coach. If he could be GM and GM, if he could own the flipping team and even skate, I think he would do all of that. Uh, with, with, with Bruce. It's it's impressive that he is okay. I mean, look, they're paying him money and he he loves to coach hockey, so I I guess I get it, but that is a that's a tough spot to be in if you're Bruce Boudreaux, knowing like do do, do you not like me as a person? Do you just not like me professionally? I don't think do you think Bruce
0: I don't think he cares, cares that deeply. I do think he cares about I the my sense is that if they don't get off to a good start, which they probably won't, he's going to blow them out. Yeah. But I also think that Paul is acutely aware of of the fact that this team's just not that good. No, it's not. So I don't think – I think Craig Leopold told Paul Fenton, I'm paying Bruce, bring him back. And Paul was like, okay, that's fine because we're not going to be that good.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I just don't – you watch these playoff teams, Declan, and where does the wild (laughs) (laughs) – the reintroduction of Dumba to the defensive core is going to help a lot. Huge, yep. But, okay, I watch the goaltending. Yeah. And I see the best goaltenders. I don't see Dubnik. No. I mean he's never played you know, Grubauer and Mike Smith are standing on their bleeping heads. How often and, and the St. Louis series that they lost, Dubnik played pretty well. He but he didn't but th- there was never a game where you're like, okay, he won you that. Or games, I, I should say, plural. Um the Fords, it's not there yet. Yeah. I like Donato a lot, but there's right. a lot to learn there. So so I just I thought it was very interesting that Paul's going to bring this guy back. I would say if you're a Wild fan, brace yourself. This is not a playoff team in 2019-20.
1: And brace yourself, I think, for moves this summer, too, whether, whether they are free agents or whether they're trading more of your favorite players. I think you're going to have to get used to that. And, and the last thing I'll say about the coaching thing is if he wants Dean Evanson, who's also coaching this power play, and again, sure, the players aren't the best for a power play, that guy, I don't think knows what he's doing either. I, I, I don't. Th- I have not seen anything that says I can't go
0: that strong. But, yeah. the, but the fact that he did not have Donato on the first power yeah. play in that home series when Bruce finally, I was told, basically told him put Donato on the first power play. Yeah. Um. There was a very interesting exchange last night on Twitter. I, t- oh, Wes Walls tweeted something. Okay. I love and I Wes. tweeted, what yeah. Wes is fantastic. He's great. Absolutely great and i tweeted something back at west saying columbus and tampa reminds me of you guys in colorado yeah because Jacques schooled granado now, now john cooper has way more coaching experience than tony did at that point yep but the other factor to that if you recall was west played played the role of agitator and shutdown guy on forsberg won a ton of faceoffs and mm-hmm. and again he, i'm not talking about fighting i'm talking about agitating by being there constantly following the guy around, shadowing him. Wes is, was great at that. Oh, yeah. Um, but I tweeted something at Wes about, you know, how great that was and it, because it was super impressive. And Wes tweeted something back to about notice, and I don't think this was a mistake, notice how short Columbus's shifts are because yeah. the shifts are incredibly short so everybody stays fresh and yep. nobody's tiring out. And Wes's, Wes's point was, this is an absolute, I think Wes's point was, hey, dummy you you don't see this yourself because right. Wes knows way, way more about the sport than i do but i think he was trying to make a point and yeah. i don't think that point was lost on the fact that we watch a team that plays in st paul here where guys extend their shifts continually <laughs> because they believe they should never come off the ice yeah. point being is i don't think i think Wes was trying to teach me something in a, in a subtle not so subtle yeah. way also be like this is a very important thing to success, Yes, getting off the ice, Yes, knowing when to get on the ice and get off. Right, right. And it wasn't lost on me that we obviously have watched a team where guys struggle mm-hmm. to think that it might be time to go sit on the bench.
1: Right. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think Wes was necessarily taking a shot. He, I think it was trying to point out an obvious fact that short shifts, you know, short shifts, gentlemen, is is always going to be a prominent line. And if you can – and that's that's Torts. That's Tortorella literally – dissecting Tampa Bay by paper cuts. And if you can if you know that these juggernauts on top in Tampa Bay have so much firepower, then you can't you can't just go blow for because blow eventually Tampa's gonna Tampa's gonna physically push you aside. But if you if you can slowly chop down that tree, that's exactly what they're doing. And it, it, it's impressive. And, and Wes, ah, I would love to see him more in the booth. Please, I would uh, get him in there just like Morno. Get him in there full time, and, and the, I think it'll make everything better.
0: And The Wild, though, is a definite collection of people who need to shorten up their yes. shifts. Nobody's good enough to justify long shifts. Yeah. I think that
1: was the ultimate. Yes, thing. I agree. I agree.
0: All right, we are done. I'll be back next week. I, I is hope you're so, you vacationing know? in.
1: Lovely Las Vegas. It seems every time someone comes to Las Vegas, I don't know if she went with the group, but there's always one that, that stays behind or gets lost in, in the airport. LB. And I hope to God it's not LB because I'm not going to Colorado to save her, and I know you aren't either. I am not.
0: All right, we are done. Judd's Hockey Show. We'll talk to you. Later. This view was worth a hike.
1: Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health.
0: Yes, I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Colagard is right for you. Or visit colagard.com. I'm in.